the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park and 910 WTWD Plant City. It's time for Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. He says in verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness. I think this is the general term for all the behavior that follows. This is the unrighteous behavior of man. He says, first of all, wickedness. We're filled with wickedness. What does that mean? It means to take delight in doing what's wrong. It is a desire to do harm, to inflict injury on others. It is a deliberate act of the will to do evil. Satan, for instance, is called the wicked one. You could, if you want a good term to describe this, if you're taking notes, it is destructive badness. Destructive badness. That's our society. Kids do that. Adults do it. Everybody does it. We are bent on wickedness. We desire to do harm. I always thought I was a good kid, but I can sure see those qualities in myself, especially before I came to Christ. Along with some neighborhood kids, I engaged in small acts of vandalism, occasional fist fights, and frequent insults and taunts. What is especially bad is that it appeared that I was far better behaved than most kids in my neighborhood. One neighbor used to chase his six-year-old son around with a two-by-four. When he caught him, the boy got a tremendous and well-deserved spanking. We called it growing up. Movies called it coming of age. Paul called it sinfulness. That's the picture the Apostle Paul painted in the first three chapters of Romans as he explained God's wrath and why we deserve it. It's why the gift of God, eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, is such a stupendous gift. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, where he has been serving for more than 26 years. If you're a Christ follower, have you ever wondered why it is so hard for people to understand the gospel? To us, it's incredibly simple. On the other hand, if you are not a Christ follower, perhaps this whole business about sin, grace, the cross, and the resurrection of Jesus just doesn't make any sense at all. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, We preach Christ crucified, to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, the wisdom of God. In other words, if we refuse to let God help us understand the gospel, our depraved minds will never grasp it. If you have your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 28. Here is Pastor Steve. There's a second thing that characterizes pagan society. Not only does God deliver man over to the slavery of his own lust, but according to verse 28, and that's where we'll pick things up this week, all this has been reviewed. Verse 28, he turns society over to its own corrupt mind. A reprobate mind, a depraved mind. If you look at verse 28, let's start there. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, 
God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. It's a sad thing, but the English translation of this verse doesn't convey, in my opinion, it does not convey the real force as in the original Greek language, which is what the New Testament was written in. And I want to explain to you what the real force is. The expression, did not like to retain, speaking of did not like to retain God in their knowledge, is a Greek word that means to put on trial, to examine, to scrutinize, to test something to see if it's worthwhile. It's to put something to a test, put it on trial, and then make a determination. The pagan world put God to the test. They put him on trial, and they decided that he wasn't worthy of retaining in their minds. He wasn't worthy of having knowledge about him. Instead of regarding knowledge about God as precious, as they saw the truth about God in nature, they should have said it's precious because it reveals a precious God, a holy God. They refused to approve him as worthy, as being worthy to retain in their knowledge and in their minds. In other words, the human race put God on trial and rejected him as unworthy of retaining in their thinking. That's what the apostle is saying. And as a result of not keeping God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a mind that was worthless. The word reprobate in verse 28, or depraved, is the same root of the, of the expression, did not like to retain God. It's the same root. A little bit different, but it's the same root meaning. And it means not standing the test, rejected after a trial. It was used of, in classical uh, Greek literature. It was used of metals that had too much dross, of coins that were too lightweight, of the earth when it was sterile. What Paul is really saying is that mankind tested God and rejected God. So what did God do? God turned man over to a mind that he rejected. In other words, since man didn't approve of knowing God, God turned man over to a mind that had been disapproved by God himself. Do you see that? The irony of it. Man said, God is worthless. God said, your mind is worthless. It is corrupt. It is depraved. It is reprobate. God has turned pagan society over to its own corrupt, depraved mind. A mind that has been rejected by God. Why? Because it rejected God and proved that it was unworthy of God. And the result is that, according to verse 28, they do those things that are not proper. You know what that means? It means that there are certain things that aren't fit for men to do. God never created man to do these things not fit. It's not seemly. It's not proper. From a corrupt mind, a rejected mind comes improper, evil, wicked deeds. When man's mind has free reign, society is going to be characterized by a disregard for other human beings, a total exploiting of people. Pagan society is characterized by two things. Number one, sexual immorality. Number two is he exploits his fellow man. That's our society, filled with people hurting other people and enjoying it and encouraging others to do it. For every sin that Paul mentions in this list, verses 29, 30, and 31, you could find a corresponding article in any newspaper across our country, in fact, across the world. This is a hideous list, 
but it, it, it describes us very well. And it's not that these sins, this catalog of iniquities, occasionally find their way into society. Look at verse 29. Before we look at the catalog, I want you to see what Paul says. Being filled. Being filled. It doesn't mean that we do it occasionally. Society is saturated with these sins, and individuals are filled with these sins. Now, let me explain. This doesn't necessarily mean that all of these sins break out in every member of society. In every member of the human race, it does not mean that it breaks out in them. But, and listen, because sure enough, someone's going to conclude by this, well, that's not me. No, that's not me. So I'm not guilty. But the seeds of all these things are an inherent part of the makeup of every individual here. Whether they outwardly are committed or inwardly are committed, the seeds of all these things are an inherent part of the makeup of every one of us here. And if you don't think so, you don't really know how unrighteous you are. You may not outwardly commit any of these sins that we're going to go over, but your nature is evil. Jeremiah said that the, that the heart of man, who can know it? It is desperately wicked. So you may not commit these sins outwardly, but because of your nature, and my nature, these sins are committed in the heart, and you are capable, and I am capable of committing not only one of these, but every one of these sins outwardly. As far as society goes, they continually commit them because God has given society over to a depraved mind. Now let's look at this catalog of sins and see what they mean. And I, I don't think that it was the intention of, of the Spirit of God in putting them here that, that, it, he would, that we would belabor the point, that we would have to spend weeks on this. We're going to go through these very quickly. Just going to take a little while and, and see what they mean. And, and I think that the Apostle Paul really wants us to drown in this, to see how saturated society is with its own wickedness. He says in verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness. And I think this is the general term for all the behavior that follows. This is the unrighteous behavior of man. He says, first of all, wickedness. We're filled with wickedness. What does that mean? It means to take delight in doing what's wrong. It is a desire to do harm, to inflict injury on others. It is a deliberate act of the will to do evil. Satan, for instance, is called the wicked one. You could, If you want a good term to describe this, if you're taking notes, it is destructive badness. Destructive badness. That's our society. Kids do that. Adults do it. Everybody does it. We are bent on wickedness. We desire to do harm. Then we're filled with greed. And what is greed? That is that insatiable desire to have more and more possessions, even at the expense of harming others. A lot of these things are, are related. But that's what greed is. In Ephesians 5.3, it is used for illicit sex. It is that itching for more, even if it means trampling others to get it. That's greed. Being filled with, with wickedness, greed, malice. That is just a general word for badness. It is a desire to injure others, and it's really hard to distinguish it from wickedness. In fact, I don't know how to distinguish it, except maybe this means a, a vicious disposition. Envy. Hating someone because they have something that you want. That's envy. Can you relate to that? We envy people for their popularity, for their prestige, for their money, for their nice homes, for their cars, for their families, for, for everything. We're an envious people. 
Hating someone because they have something you want. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 18, the Bible says that Pilate understood that the Jewish religious leaders delivered Jesus up to them because they were envious of him. He was holy and righteous, and they recognized that they were not, and they were envious of what he had. They envied the Lord for his holiness and for his power, and so they delivered him up. Envy. Then murder. Murder means killing someone, taking their life. And it's often connected with envy. In fact, it's usually as a result of envy. Murder. You say, I've never murdered anybody. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, if you hate someone in your heart, you've murdered. You've murdered. If you hate someone in your heart, you've murdered. Cain killed Abel. Why? Because he was envious. He hated him. Abel was righteous and Cain was unrighteous and he couldn't stand it and he killed him. Envy is certainly not anything new, is it? Let's take a brief break to introduce ourselves to anyone who might have just tuned in. Thank you for joining us for Verse by Verse, a daily radio Bible class taught by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We will resume our class after this important announcement from Pastor Steve. Hi, this is Steve Kreloff. I wanted to take a few moments today to tell you how pleased I am that you're listening to Verse by Verse. Our goal here at Verse by Verse is to teach people the Word of God so that they'll be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ and glorify God. I hope that you've been learning and growing in your faith as you've listened to our broadcasts. As a faithful listener to these broadcasts, I feel you should know that Verse by Verse needs your financial support. It's costly to prepare and broadcast these programs, and we can only continue to do so if our listeners support this ministry. So I would ask you to please consider giving a gift as a way of saying thank you to the Lord for providing this program to help you in your Christian walk. All gifts to Verse by Verse are tax deductible. You can give via PayPal on our website, which is versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. Or you can send your gift to Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That's Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Thank you, and may our Lord richly bless and strengthen you as you listen to him speak, verse by verse. Two words that are often found together in the Bible are envy and strife. Pastor Steve just told us about the origins of envy. Now, here he is to resume our lesson. Then Paul says strife, not only murder, but strife. Maybe you don't kill somebody, but you argue a lot, because that's what strife means, quarrelsome, contentious, arguing, fighting. That's our world. Have you ever noticed how, how much people fight and argue? In, in stores, they, they do this at the checkout counter. At, in cars, they scream at one another. Not they, we scream at one another. Sports events. Sports events. It's incredible, the, the fighting that goes on. Then he says, not only strife, but deceit. Literally, this word means a bait for fish. A bait for fish. It means to lie, to be devious, to be deceitful. Underhanded methods to get your own way. Always doing something with ulterior motives. Folks, that is so much of the business world. It's tragic. Baiting and luring men in. It's, it's devious. It's manipulative. It's deceitful. In other words, it could be telling the truth up to a point. 
just not telling the whole truth. Telling a truth up to a point, being deceitful, devious, so that no one can come back and say, well, you lied. Well, I, I didn't lie, I didn't say anything that wasn't true, but you distorted it because you didn't tell the whole truth. Then malice. Really, this means maligning someone, a desire to hurt somebody. It's spite, it's, it's to get back at someone. It's being vengeful. It's the attitude of somebody's going to pay for what I'm going through. That is malice. The Bible says that is wrong. Gossips. This means secret slanderer. A person who whispers malicious stories in someone's ear. They don't even have the courage to say it out loud. They whisper it in someone's ear and they destroy a person's reputation. Then not only gossips, but slanderers. Now, how is that different from gossips? It's the same thing. It simply means they slander someone openly. At least they have the courage to do it out loud. It's the same point, though. Haters of God means hating God because we know that we defy him. So we hate him. We're against him. We're fighting him. Insolent means to treat others with contempt. They take pleasure in insulting others. They do this with the spirit of cruelty. They enjoy seeing people suffer and squirm. That's our world. That's what's in our heart. We take pleasure in that. Arrogance means proud, thinking yourself as above others, a, a superiority complex. That's our world. Racial discrimination, that's, that's what it's about. That's, that's the bottom line. It's a contempt for everyone but yourself. It's putting yourself above others. Boastful. It's related, bragging about your supposed superiority. Inventors of evil. Now, let's stop there for a minute. Does, doesn't that describe our world, inventors of evil? It's amazing the things man comes up with to harm his fellow man. We aren't content with the old ways of sinning. We've got to come up with new evils to satisfy our sinful hearts, new ways to express filthiness. He's bored with his old evils, so he invents some new thrills. Just recently, I was reading Newsweek magazine about the war on pornography. And pornography is, uh, according to Newsweek, is not the way it used to be. It has gone beyond its boundaries. And you see, people are so bored with their sinfulness that they've got to invent other ways. And now the big thing in pornography is, is a whole world of sadistic, masochistic type stuff. Inflicting punishment on people and having punishments inflicted on you. That's what it means. And it said in the article that we're just basically, I'm paraphrasing, it said we're not satisfied with the way it was. Society gets to a certain boundary, and then we have to go beyond that boundary. That's exactly what Paul means, inventors of evil, always going beyond what was considered shameful. Then he says disobedient to parents. Isn't that amazing that that's in this, this portion of Scripture? The mark of a pagan society Abandoned by God is disobedient, rebellious children. No respect for the authority of their parents. Has there ever been a generation more disobedient to their parents than this generation? Maybe there has. But I think we rank right up there. Without understanding. It means without moral and spiritual understanding. It's because they have willfully and deliberately refused to listen to God. We know a lot about science, but we reject the God who's behind true science. Without understanding. It doesn't mean in the world of technology we don't know what we're doing. It simply means without moral and spiritual understanding. The natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit of God. 
untrustworthy. It means they are covenant breakers. They, they don't keep their word. They can't be trusted. Very few people keep their word. Word usually means nothing today. Nations make treaties they don't ever intend to keep. Couples make vows they break by divorce. Parents make promises they don't keep. It's a society whose word basically means nothing. Untrustworthy, covenant breakers. How about unloving? Now, this is an interesting term because the word loving was used in classical Greek. In fact, it's not even mentioned in the New Testament, but the word for love is storge. Storge meant family love. Family love. Love for for the family. You know what he means, what Paul means by unloving? It means without natural affection. No normal, natural love for the family. No natural affection, no natural tenderness. Our world is characterized as being without natural affection. Mothers who kill their unborn children and then have the audacity to say it really wasn't a life. Fathers abandoning their families. Children neglecting their aged parents. Child abuse, divorce rate. That is what the Bible means by unloving, without natural affection. Then unmerciful, cruel and ruthless, without any pity. We show more tenderheartedness towards animals than we do towards people. Man is so cruel to his fellow human. From, from children in junior high school age who are cruel and ruthless and, and will literally destroy one another's self-image by making names up and, and calling kids certain names and picking on them. All the way from junior high, junior high age children to the sophisticated world of Nazi Germany and its concentration camps. It is a world that is unmerciful. Now, this is the catalog of iniquities that Paul has mentioned. We've just gone through it very quickly, and it describes our world. It describes Paul's world, and it describes every society who turns from the knowledge of God because it describes a world in which divine wrath is being displayed. You say, wait a minute, I've heard all of my life about the, the noble savage. Certainly people out in, in Africa and South America and the jungles out there are not, not like this. They're, they're, they're nice, they're warm-hearted. They don't in, engage in this kind of stuff. I was going through our missions file this week, and I came across a letter in correspondence from one of our missionaries, Art Yoner, who, uh, this is back in November 12th, 1969, Art, for years, worked in, in Suriname, South America, amongst primitive jungle tribes. And this is what he said. I won't read you the whole letter, but just a part of it. He says, please don't let up on the prayer on that end. The devil has come in as a roaring lion. The casualties are high. Many precious Indians have fallen into his snare. We are right in the midst of puberty rites. We have witnessed two complete ceremonies. Demon possession was evident. The ceremony consists of frenzied dancing, drunkenness, open experimental sex, and the placing of stinging ants on the bodies of the young. He goes on to say other things, but basically that describes any notion and destroys any notion that we might have about the noble savage. There is no noble savage. There's just people who have been abandoned by God because they have abandoned God themselves. The myth of the noble savage may be society's oldest and most successful hoax. The fact is that in any society, you will find both vile and relatively noble people. 
As the human race continues the long slide from the Garden of Eden to the conditions that will give rise to the Antichrist, we see more and more extensive and extreme evil in the world. Pastor Steve Kreloff is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. He has been serving there since 1981. His expository messages make the leap from the pulpit to your radio through the efforts of verse-by-verse ministries. We are a faith ministry made possible in part by the gifts and prayers of listeners like you. If you would like to hear today's class again, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. You will also find previous broadcasts on the archives page. That's versebyverseradio.org. The entire message from which today's class was taken is available on CD or cassette. Order yours by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. As I mentioned at the start of class, we are completely blind spiritually unless God opens our eyes. But no matter how bad you think you are, God can open your eyes if you ask Him to. I know that for two reasons. First, He promised in His Word. And secondly, He did it for me. I hope you'll be here for the next verse-by-verse as we explore just how helpless we are without God and how sufficient He is to meet our need for spiritual insight. Long before the pain, God was there. Long before the struggle, God was there. Someone want to ask somebody that was going through a trial, this is where was God when the tragedy happened? The answer was the same place he was when it was all good. Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.